0: and stole the perfume. Was you watching the table? I told you to
1: watch the table. The We Pivot Podcast is for you if you're a woman who has recently pivoted into entrepreneurship. You'll find digital marketing tips, trends, and strategies to help grow your business in today's digital world. Join Tona and Al Haywood as we have fun breaking down all things digital marketing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to our first podcast episode. We are so excited to have finally launched. This has truly been a long time coming. In our first two episodes, we want you to get to know a little bit more about the creators of the We Pivot podcast, Al and Tona Haywood. In today's episode, you will enjoy getting to know a little bit more about Al's journey to becoming an entrepreneur. So let's stop waiting around. Let's get started.
0: Well, before we get into it, you know, I just want to say it's, it's been an honor to work with you, Tona, and I just really appreciate being on here with you. So just to let the whole world know. Thank you.
1: Well, you are quite welcome. <laughs> now let's dig deep.
0: Let's dig deep. Let's dive in.
1: First question. Mm-hmm. It's an easy one. Yeah. How old were you? when you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur and who helped influence your decision?
0: Well, that is easy. Can okay. I'm going to tell you who and how I was influenced? So I was 11 years old and I have a relative Well, I had a relative. She's not here with us not, uh, right now, but, um, Her name was Cousin Leola. Cousin Leola was like my, I guess, second or third cousin or something like that. She was about maybe in her late 50s or something. Uh, She stayed down the street from us in Chicago, actually down the alley. So like a half a block down the alley. And I used to go by there to kind of help her with like little knickknack stuff, help her move stuff, help her uh, take out the garbage, just little things like that. And when I would go by there, you know, I would always see like, her house full of like these products, like perfumes, lipsticks, and this and that. And she would always have her kitchen table full of money. And I'm like, dude, what the heck does she do? Um. So one day I just asked her, I was like, so cousin Leola, what actually do you do? Like, where do you work at? And she said, oh, I sell Avon. And I said, really? She said, I said, um, you work for a company or something? And she said, no, I work around the city of Chicago. I drive my car around and I find like spots here and there and set up. Her Avon table, or something like that. So I was like, oh, okay. And then she said, you know what? You should come out with me sometime. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, when you go home, ask your mom if you can come out with me this weekend. We can go and you can help me sell some Avon. So I went home, asked my mom about it. Of course, she was like, you know, yeah, do what you want to do, whatever. You know, it's the weekend, whatever. So <clears throat> the weekend came Saturday. And we actually went downtown, not quite downtown. We went to uh, Maxwell Street in Chicago. And if uh, people know about Maxwell Street, it was like an outside flea market. That's where vendors used to go set up tables and sell their products and things like that. It was really big. I mean, you had thousands of people that would come through on Saturday and Sunday to buy stuff. So I went down there, man, and uh, we set up the table. The table consisted of like an eight foot plywood on top of two horses. We put like a sheet over the table and she showed me how to just set up products on the table. Uh, she also sold candy and snowballs in the summertime. So um, set that up and from there, um, just really learned entrepreneurship from my cousin Leola uh, taught me how to watch the table because people steal. Uh, showed me how to like collect money, calculate this, calculate that. She actually gave me a sheet on Avon products that I kind of studied, so I knew like what the products was and um, you know how much they cost and things like that. I mean, she actually showed me sales at 11 years old, and it was a great great opportunity and I made good money. So the thing about the money was she said, if we make money for that day, mm-hmm. then or if she makes money, I make money. If she don't make no money, then I ain't going to make no money. And I was like, oh, OK, I'm cool with that. So I'm 11 years old. I didn't care as long as I made something. Uh, so that was like my first experience in entrepreneurship. And it was my cousin, Leola, who kind of showed me, you know, uh, as an entrepreneur, this is what I do. And this is like how much money I make, blah, blah, blah. So.
1: So basically in a nutshell, she was one of the ones that helped influence your decision on becoming an entrepreneur.
0: I think so, because I think as a kid, what I saw was the money. Like she would keep her money like in this big bag or whatever. So when like when we would go out on the weekends, uh, she would pull some money out of this bag or whatever. And she would transfer to like this, like, you know, how the banks have like these little pouches where you can make deposits where well, she had that, where she would transfer money to. And she would just use that. So when she's given change or whatever, but everywhere I look, man, she just has stacks of money, stacks of money and stuff. So I was just enamored on how many like dollars and five dollar bills was like on a table or in our car or whatever. And I was like, I want to make some of that money.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> What is one memorable experience that you could tell your our listening audience that you had with Selling Avon.
0: Well, um, there was a time, there was this one time where something got stolen off the table. And like I said, my cousin Leola was a a stickler on watching the table because she taught me that, you know, people will distract you and they will have like their friend or whatever slip something off the table. So as a kid, man, I was always watching the table. And it was one day where... Um, and and we wasn't down on Maxwell Street this day. We were somewhere else in the city and it was real hot. We had so many customers at the table. Um, I was dishing out all these snowballs. People were trying to buy candy. Uh, My cousin Leola was handling the Avon, but she did like kind of look at me and say, keep your eyes on the table. We got a lot of people here. And I thought I was keeping my eyes on the table. So at the end of the day, she's doing inventory. And, you know, we would both do inventory when we would count up products. And she's looking like... Where's the such and such perfume? And this is like one of her best selling perfumes with Avon. And I was like, just looking like, well, I don't know, whatever. She looking around, looking around. And she was like, somebody stole a perfume. Was you watching the table? I told you to watch the table. I was like, well, Cousin Leola, I'm watch, I watched the table. I was, you know, whatever. And she said, you wasn't watching that table. You weren't watching. I know you wasn't watching it because I, I I don't ne- never let nothing get stolen off the table. See that that's your fault. And she came at me as a 11 year old, pretty much cussed me out. Wow. She cussed me out because it got stolen. I started crying and stuff. So <laughs> I get home. And my mom, she's there and she knows something was wrong. And she's like, well, what's wrong? And I told her that, you know, Cousin Lee told me that, you know, I let something get stolen. She cursed at me and I started crying. And my mom, man, she got super mad. She called Cousin Lee all up and was like, you know, don't you ever cuss at my kid, blah, blah, blah. This is just ripped into Cousin Lee. And and we call her Cousin Lee or Cousin mm-hmm. Leola. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cousin Leola got mad talking about, well, shoot, if you calling me like this, he ain't never got to come out with me no more. So, you know, my mom and Cousin Leola got into it. So needless to say, I didn't go back with her for like maybe a couple of weeks. And I guess. I don't know what happened. I can't remember, but everything kind of boiled over and then I started going back out with her or whatever. And I could tell this time she was like a little bit more timid around me. She didn't really raise her voice and everything. She was more calm and stuff. And for like maybe I would say a couple of years, man, like during the summer times, I would go out with her like during the week, a couple of times during the week on the weekends. And then when school would start, I um, I sometimes kind of went out on the weekend, but mostly it was like summer times where I would go out and sell Avon. So. So, yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, the time where, yeah, um, I got cussed out and that was a bad time as an 11 year old.
1: (laughs) I can imagine it would be a bad time, but it didn't deter you from entrepreneurship in the future. Right. Exactly. So next question, what specific events in your life led you to decide on concentrating on web design as the core of your business? Well,
0: that kind of started back in 19, I would say, 99, when I went back to get my master's degree. Um, I went back and to get my master's in instructional technology. Um, I was down in Arkansas to be exact Arkansas Tech University. I uh, went down there initially to coach football. Uh, so I did coach football for one year but while coaching football I was in the instructional technology program well for the master's degree. And I found it so fascinating because with instructional technology, uh, they were talking more so about how to use technology as a tool in the classroom and in like the corporate setting uh, for training purposes for the corporate setting and web-based training came out you know was coming out around that time and I had this professor, Dr. Adams, on uh, the first day of class, he was like, "You know I'm supposed to teach you theory." of instructional training, but I'm not going to do that because I believe the future of technology is the application and the the tools used to create um, these web-based trainings. And plus, you can take that skill set and actually do more with it. So y'all need to get the theory of training on your own. I'm going to teach you applications. So what he did for two years taught us web design, graphic design, video editing, all the things that encompasses putting a training together. And with that, you know, um, I had a buddy or I still have a buddy, Craig Atkins, who I played football with, who was actually working for an educational publishing company at the time as a media producer. And I was talking with him one day, just letting him know, like, like, hey, man, we're doing this, we're doing that, web design, blah, blah, blah. He was like, for real? He said, man, we're looking for um, freelancers to actually develop websites for our companion websites to our educational books that our authors put out. He said, man, you think you can do it? I said, well, let's try it out. So long story short, I became a freelancer for this publishing company. And, you know, with me and him together, man, we were pumping out doing websites professionally. And over the like two years I was down at Arkansas, I think I made about like seven grand, you know? And I was like, man, I can do this for a living. So that kind of, Push me initially into web design, you know, as a business.
1: Okay. Nice. After
0: I graduated. You
1: know. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're seeing that you're doing something else, but you're still able to make that type of money during that time period. Right. That would make,
0: sense. especially being in school
1: too. You of know. Of course. So, yeah. Of course. So, you've worked in education for years, from coaching, mm-hmm. being a dean, a programmer for the Chicago Public School Systems. What made you decide to finally step out on faith and do entrepreneurship full time? Well,
0: there's several things. One, I just wanted to be known, uh, let it be known that as I worked in companies throughout the years before stepping out into full time entrepreneurship, my mindset has never been nine to five. I mean, I worked it, but I never just really felt comfortable working nine to five jobs. I've always wanted to be in an entrepreneurship role, uh, working for myself. And, you know, working in Chicago public schools was actually really, really great for me. The problem with working in Chicago public schools was they, they always had budgeting issues. And. If you, if you wasn't a teacher and it came down to budget cuts, well, the support staff would be the first to go. Now, and, and that's pretty much being laid off. Now, being laid off was, wasn't actually being laid off per se, because when, they, when the principals redid their budgets, they pretty much had to close positions. And then hopefully they can reopen a position, but it won't be under the same name that you was before, it'll be under something else. So I had to go through there. I worked in Chicago Public Schools for five years. And for five years, I got laid off every single year. So, yeah, so that alone was like just like frustrating, mind boggling, everything. So I'm like, dude, I this just I mean, I'm making good money, but I'm getting laid off every year. So, I mean, I would always pray like, Lord, I really want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, I've been doing these websites because I was still doing websites on the side, building them and everything, uh, still working with Craig on some projects. And my last year. In 2013, um, I was working with the administration team as a school scheduler, test coordinator, and grade coordinator. And um, this particular school, two years prior to me getting there, had a million-dollar grant given to them. And this grant was up, Mm -hmm. which means the position that I was at or in was up. So um, my position was closed. But... Uh, the principal initially wanted to bring me back as a, on a contract basis. Well, with that, uh, there were two other schools who kind of knew that I was losing this my position, reached out to me and wanted to hire me on um, at their schools. So, I actually one day it was the last week of school, and I went to lunch. And right before I came back into the school after lunch, I was sitting in the car. And I was just praying. I was like, Lord, I really don't want to do this no more. Um, I really feel that I'm I'm, I'm ready to get out here to do entrepreneurship, to work technology, work this website, the web business. I just really want to do this, Lord. And I just, you know, it's scary, but I just need you, I need strength. And I don't know what happened between me going in, finishing out the day and then coming home, but I just decided that, I'm done, you know, and I had committed to coming back to that school as a contractor. but I had to call up the front office and say, hey, I I know I said I was going to do what I said I was going to do, but I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. And they were a little mad, upset about it because the person that they had brought in at a lower pay to take my position was counting on me to help train her. And, you know, I kind of felt bad about that, too, but I just had to. I had to do what I had to do, you know? So that kind of was the beginning of me getting out here and pushing entrepreneurship full time.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, when you get that call and you pray about it and the Lord gives you peace, Mm -hmm. it's time to go. It's time to go. Mm -hmm. So... Since now you've been a full-time entrepreneur for quite some time, what has been one of the most memorable moments from being an entrepreneur thus far? Well,
0: I think to work with just a variety of clients, you know, from daycare to um, non for profits you know, just getting uh, the opportunity to just learn about different, just industries and working with different people, I think is rewarding. It's fun. Um, It keeps your creative juices going. I mean, you just learn so much about um, just people in general and their business. Like we've worked with so many daycares right now that I totally feel I can open up a daycare. Like I really know the ins and outs of daycare for some reason. I don't know. But I think with that, you know, um, we've been able to work with bigger companies, you know, on a state and national level, like for example, Uh, We've worked with the Association of County Commissions of Alabama, uh, ACCA. Uh, We've worked with um, Jobs Work Milwaukee, which is a huge organization. And we've also had an opportunity to work with former NFL players, guys that I played with in college who have their own, you know, foundation that reached out to do at the time when we were doing mobile apps to, you know, websites and stuff. So just being able to just work with all different types of people, different types of industries and just continue to be creative and just help people,
1: you know? Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Thinking about it now, we have worked with a variety of clients. Yeah. And it's all been good and memorable, and we've learned a lot from that's each right. one. Yeah. yeah, So now, tell your listeners, what are three interesting facts that you want them to know about you?
0: First thing, first and foremost, if you know me, you know that I love to cook. I am a self-proclaimed chef. I've read hundreds of books and articles on recipes from different countries, cultures, and stuff. And I really love um, cooking just mini dishes. And I love cooking for people. Um, I, I get people all the time asking me, well, what do you cook? And I was like, well, I can cook whatever you want. Just tell me what you want. And then I get people saying, well, your food good. And then what I tell them is I can take your grandmama's best dish and take it to the next level. Now, am I I good or not? So.
1: (laughs) That's true, that's true.
0: (laughs) So, you know, so, you know, I just, I really love cooking. I love uh, cooking for people. And, you know, we've done a little stuff on the side and everything for a couple of dollars here and there, but even regardless of the money, just love to cook. Um, I would say another interesting thing about me is I want to one day purchase an RV and travel out West. Like I actually want to travel in an RV, sleep under the stars, um, you know, just see the West Coast, you know, just like go there and come back. You know, that's all I want to do. I uh, don't know why I just have this fascination with um, RVs, but I just like RVs, you know, never driven one. Um, I used to go to the Chicago RV show all the time, trucking yes, RV do. show, but I just love RVs. So... And I would say my third one would be uh, my first job out of college. I worked for a Korean company um, called Daewoo. It was Daewoo Motors. Daewoo was a Korean company that wanted to bring their international cars to the U.S. for the first time. And they hired like 40 college graduates nationwide. And I was one of the 40. Um, But with that hire... They sent us to Korea for a week for training. And that was like some of one of the best experiences that I've ever had. They were really unique about it. The first day we stayed in a dormitory with some of the worst food. And we like, dude, like, is this how our time is going to be here? Because I'm ready to come back to the States. But then the last couple of days there, we stayed at the five star hotel, had all kind of wonderful food. And what they wanted to do is kind of give us an experience of how, you know, some of the South Koreans live versus some of the high class. So they gave us like from like real poor to middle class type living. To high-class living. And I thought that was kind of fun. And I get to got to ride in a helicopter for the first time. So we're in a helicopter going over this, like, looked like the Amazon forest or something <laughs> like that. But it was like some huge forest that we were trying to get to another part of the country it was in a helicopter. So that was great. Oh,
1: that sounds fun. Yeah. But was it scary? <laughs>
0: no, it wasn't scary. It was loud. It was kind of loud in the helicopter. But it wasn't scary, though. Really enjoyed it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you were able to give those things to our listeners. So now Mm -hmm. they know just a little bit more about you. Mm -hmm. Now, the last question, what is the best business advice you have ever received?
0: So the best business advice didn't actually come as business advice. It actually came from my old college coach, the late Bill Mallory. He used to tell us all the time to be consistent in everything that you do um, because in life, you're going to have a family. Some of us are going to have businesses. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people depending on you. So whatever you do, just stay consistent. Stay consistent. And if you want to be a chef, make sure your food is consistent. If you have the best customer service, make sure that customer service is always top notch. Just be consistent. And he also said in difficult situations, you want to stay poised. He explained like a poised individual is a balanced grounded, focused person that's always ready for action. And, you know, as in business, you know, you're going to get hit left and right with a lot of crazy stuff, you know, honestly, from clients to financial to technology breaking up. If you don't keep your poise, you can get distracted and you're not going to make wise decisions. So the most poised person can make better decisions uh, stay calm under pressure and just pretty much get the job done that's true so those were like just two things that just stuck with me that I not also uh, apply to um, business but also to life
1: that so, is great that that really yeah. is that is something to think about uh, definitely mm-hmm. well we got through all of the questions and now our listeners know a little bit more about you and why we kind of how we got to the We Pivot podcast, what led us here. But they still have to find out about the infamous Tona Haywood. We really hope you enjoyed hearing Al's story. And thank you again, Al, for sharing with us.
0: Anytime, anytime.
1: Now don't forget to check out the show notes for all the places you can find us.
0: We're so excited that you tuned in to the latest episode of the We Pivot Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Now, whether this is your first time or not, please make sure to subscribe and share with a friend who can also use some digital marketing guidance as well. Until next time.